Thank you for listening to the Yahoo Finance podcast. I'm Alexis Christophers, and I'm joined now by Yahoo Finance's Ethan Wolfman and Rick Newman. And we are going to discuss the future of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, otherwise known as the CFPB. Welcome to you both. Thanks. Thanks, Alexis. So President Donald Trump's choice to take over the CFPB will remain in place thanks to a ruling uh, recently by a Trump-appointed federal judge. So this means the at least interim uh, director of that agency will be Mick Mulvaney. Um, is this going to be the long-term head of the agency, Rick? Uh, probably not. Uh, so he will run it until they nominate somebody else, uh, and that person takes over. Uh, but I think the salient point here is that the uh, CFPB, let's just call it CFPB because its real name is almost too long to pronounce, um, will uh, will be a Trumpian agency. I mean, I think we're going to see a complete reorientation of this agency, uh, much more friendly toward big banks, Wall Street, and so forth, much as we saw total reorientation of the EPA under uh, Trump's new administrator, Scott Pruitt, much friendlier toward oil and gas. So I think it, we are clearly seeing a major change in the CFPB. Well, Mick Mulvaney has, has gone on the record as calling this agency a, quote, joke. So do you believe that it will become more Trumpian under Mulvaney, Ethan? I think it's pretty clear what we've seen at other uh, agencies. Uh, the State Department is, you know, being, uh, it was completely gutted. Uh, there's, you know, tons of people who aren't uh, appointed to the posts there. The Labor Department was, uh, you know, for a moment headed by, uh, or was going to be headed by this guy named Andy Puzder, who uh, was not particularly a friend of labor. Uh, the Education Department headed by someone who doesn't appear to believe in public education and the Health and Human Services Department, which administrates um, public health care, was you know, headed by Tom Price, who appeared to not support uh, public uh, health care for all. So you're predicting I mean, an apocalypse for <laughs> consumer financial protection? Is that where you're headed? Well, I'm not done, Rick. We have the Department of Energy <laughs> headed by okay. Rick Ferry, who didn't believe in the Department of Energy. Okay. So I, Ethan, I do agree. An, yeah. an, an impressive uh, awareness of all the cabinet agencies there. All right. So I want to take a step back, though, because a lot of people don't truly know what the CFPB does. Ethan, fill us in. Why was it established and when? Well, it was established after the financial crisis uh, during the Dodd-Frank legislation. And the CFPB... 2010. In 2010. And the CFPB exists essentially because finance stuff is extremely complicated. Most people really aren't um, particularly well-equipped to deal with uh, the ins and outs of it. Now, that's not necessarily fair to people um, who are trying to read, you know, all the fine print and stuff. But there's a lot of shady behavior. Uh, there's a lot of, especially when it becomes uh, comes to debt and kind of riskier financial things. So it's not really a goal for it to be nannyish, I, I would say, um, but more of a goal to make sure that there's fair play and to level the playing field. I, I think some political context is relevant here as well. Uh, the whole idea for the CFPB comes from Elizabeth Warren, who was a brand new senator uh, from Massachusetts at the time back in 2010. Uh, so it's not as if she single-handedly got this done, but it was basically her idea. Uh, and she had been, before she was elected to Congress, she was a Harvard professor, and she had been uh, a well-known and pretty well-regarded advocate, uh, a consumer advocate. And she had written a couple of books, including one, I think, with her daughter about um, how uh, banks are taking advantage of 
consumers who are not paying aware of the fees on credit cards, for example, and all the different ways banks are sort of loading fees onto consumers. So she was a, a she was a kind of a hardcore consumer advocate before she was ever elected to Congress. That helped her get elected to Congress. And once there, she said, "Well, why don't we put some of my ideas into action? Now we have this opportunity. We know we're going to we, we know we know we're going to have this this huge law coming, the Dodd Frank law, which is going to include all these new reforms of the financial system." So she was able to get it in there and persuade people that the agencies that were in place at the time were not up to the job of protecting consumers in the financial arena. And that's why uh, Congress created a, by the way, a completely democratically controlled Congress with a Democratic president in 2010 was able to create the CFPB. So this is a partisan agency. We it was say. a it, it, it was a created in a very partisan environment and uh, Democrats favor it and Republicans don't. And that's been true since it was uh, formed in 2010. But, I mean, let's try to take a, a step back and look at the bigger picture. Has it done what it was intended to do since it's been established in 2010, Ethan? And has it done good for consumers? I mean, largely, the CFPB will trumpet uh, about $12 billion in relief return to consumers uh, from enforcement actions against uh, bad actors in the financial services So $12 industry. billion dollars that has come back into the pockets of consumers. Yeah, and, and that has been... Um, from things like the Wells Fargo uh, snafu that we saw last year and uh, you know, bad student loan servicing, bad other loan servicing. You know, there's a lot of shady, shady stuff going on uh, when it comes to debt collection. Uh, you know, someone who might own some debt come collecting and have no idea whether it's actually uh, been paid off, for example. And so they, they threw enforcement actions and uh, civil investigative demands, which some people um, consider are very onerous and kind of used as dredging operations, um, have caused some controversy, but also arguably, uh, or at least the CFPB would argue, have done a lot of good. And one of the biggest things I think that is interesting to me when I think about the CFPB is their complaint database. Uh, there's over a million complaints that uh, consumers can publicly post uh, into this database and companies are obligated to respond to them. And that's a nice way also for an agency to figure out who to go after next. Well, it I, seems I, to be a way of, of checks and, and balances. I mean, it sounds all good, Ethan. So then why are the Republicans so against it, if not for just the fact that it was a Democratic you know, agency? I think for two reasons. Uh, for, and the first one, I think, was a legitimate mistake by the Democrats who created this. Uh, the, the CFPB is not like other regulatory agencies in the federal government. It's not like the FTC. It's not like the, the Federal Trade Commission. I'll use the actual uh, long, elongated terms. It's not like the Federal Trade Commission. It's not like the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC. It's different because when Congress created this in 2010, uh, they gave it more autonomy, far more autonomy than any other agency has. So it is not answerable to Congress in the usual way Congress exercises oversight. Uh, the director is appointed uh, for a fixed term and cannot be removed by the president, um, which is why we saw this recent uh, sort of uh, power struggle that uh, Trump ultimately won. Um, so there's really is, uh, and the CFPB actually is not even funded by Congress, which is where Congress exercises oversight over almost literally every other agency in the federal government. Because Who Congress, funds it? Uh, the Federal Reserve. It's funded by the federal out, out of a, out of the Federal Reserve's account, which which gives Congress no oversight. I mean, they can call the. Uh, they can call the uh, director of this agency up to testify, but they can't withhold. They can't change the budgeting 
uh, in the way that they normally do. And whether you think that's appropriate or not, that's actually the way our government is set up under the Constitution. Um, Congress has the power of the purse. And I think Democrats um, stretched way too far when they created this agency, which has made it vulnerable now. Uh, if they had not gone so far when they created it and this operated more like a normal agency, uh, that would have blunted a lot of the criticism by Republicans that this agency has no accountability. Uh, well, if it were like the FTC, it would, by definition, have accountability because it would have to go up to Congress to explain what it's doing in order to get its next uh, budget authorization. Could the CFP CFPB doesn't have to do that. And that has made it a giant target for people uh, concerned about government overreach. And as we know, there are a lot of those people, and some of them are now in the government. Could the Trump administration change the inner workings of it so that it is accountable to, Con to, to uh, Congress? Uh, th they certainly could change some things in terms of the way they run the agency, but Congress, it takes Congress to change this agency. And I think it's- Could Congress dis dismantle this yes, agency? Sure. Yes, they could. If they could get the votes. Uh, Do you think it, that's likely? I, that's a good question. Um, I, you're, sh you're saying no. I, I Probably not. I, I mean, that stuff is tied up in the Dodd-Frank Act. And I don't really see, uh, I mean, if taxes are this hard to do right now, I don't see Dodd-Frank <laughs> being point. touched at this time. But uh, I think one thing to, uh, thing to think about is what the rationale on the other side is. Um, I'm not sure I particularly necessarily buy all of it, um, but you know, we had Elizabeth Warren. Well, what uh, part don't you buy? We had Elizabeth Warren last night um, on our final round show, and she, uh, kind of in response to the question, maybe a commission is better, uh, given that you know Trump, a Trump appointee would do probably very little. And she said uh, that she did not want a commission because commissions have not historically done enough, in her view. Uh, the SEC did very, very little um, uh, before the financial crisis. The FTC and the FCC, you know, I think, and all these other agencies um, often slide into doing less and maybe not being uh, especially nimble. When it comes to financial products for consumers, things change very, very fast. And kind of in her view and sort of the democratic talking points um, that you'll hear is them saying that you need a, an independent director who can be completely insulated from Congress and Congress money, um, except, you know, and, and only be uh, installed every five years by the, by the president. Um, to ensure that it really is insulated from politics. And whether you think that works or not um, kind of depends on where you're coming from politically. And it, it's, it seems like it's not always clear for sure. The, the irony of trying to set up an agency like that where you say it is completely insulated from politics is that it actually becomes more vulnerable to politics when there's a power shift, which mm -hmm. is what just happened with the Trump election. Uh, so because it, it did seem unaccountable, um, and honestly, I, I, it, it, the CFPB is not literally unaccountable. Um, I mean, they actually do. I think you're right. They do a, they do a thorough job, probably much better than other agencies, of uh, putting up, of creating these public databases and saying what they've done um, and stuff like that. And for the most part, I think that's all very good. And you know, another thing that the CFPB does is it it sort of targets low level abusers who prey on the most vulnerable. Um, and there are other agencies that are meant to do this. There are also state attorneys general who are meant to do this. But this is a powerful backstop when those those sorts of agencies fail and payday lenders are ripping people off mm -hmm. even more than, you know, that kind of thing. 
Um, but well, but you, it is just we, really the only other agency that is structured like this in the U.S. government is the Federal Reserve. Uh, and I think most people would agree that the Federal Reserve is sui generis. It stands alone as an institution completely unlike any other. It is way more important than almost any other institution or agency within the government. And to say, uh, well, now we think we're going to borrow that model and uh, apply that to what really is an agency that is very similar to dozens of others to say uh, we're going we're going to somehow elevate this one agency just this one above you know everything else it's we think this is more important than environmental protection and the EPA we think it's more important than uh, automotive standards and and the things in the DOT uh, that I just think that is very weak logic and if you know it's it's the pendulum problem in politics if you push too far Eventually, someone else is going to come come in and push the pendulum too far to the other side. And I think that's what's happening right now with the CFPB. Ethan, how do you think we might see this agency change in, during Trump's presidency and specifically, if you, if you can get specific? Uh, but and, and will that mean less protection for consumers? Uh, I think that we will see uh, far fewer enforcement actions uh, against you know, bad actors uh, kind of screwing over consumers. I think we probably will see uh, less cooperation with states, attorneys general. Um, the CFPB has worked uh, significantly with a lot of states on actions. Um, I, I mean, I think this is something that consumer advocates have across the board been very concerned about. Um, I don't really see this uh, being a positive thing in terms of uh, uh, consumers being helped by, um, you know, any sort of these changes, changes. that Trump may make. Yeah, probably probably not. But I, I think one thing to to think about as well is there is widespread support for this agency doing its job. Um, not in the Trump administration, there's not. Not uh, wide, widespread support uh, in the <laughs> amongst the among public. The public. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think what what's going to come down to is will the senators. Um, pick somebody or uh, approve somebody picked by the Trump administration who believes in the mission of an agency like this um, to help with issues of consumer protection. And some people have said, well, yeah, probably, because there is public support for, I mean, everybody's a consumer, and I think it's it's, everybody wants protection and and nobody really wants a more dangerous environment. Uh, It often, you know, it often gets into the the territory when you have regulations saying, you know, who doesn't want to regulate food safety? Who doesn't want to regulate, uh, you know, these things that are, are kind of obviously good? Um, it's always just a question of, well, is it too much regulations? If, if, if there's 15 permits you need to get to open a restaurant, you know, will you yeah, do I it? mean, Mul- Mulvaney is, has said the agency was quote trampling on capitalism and is quote an awful example of a bureaucracy that has gone wrong. I think it's plausible that this becomes a dormant agent, a dormant agency that does almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, very plausible. Um, so Trump has said we should get rid of it. Trump cannot unilaterally get rid of it. He would have to get Congress to do that. Um, but if you believe that, there certainly are ways to turn uh, uh, a government agency into just an inert organization that just sits there on, and it exists on paper and maybe has uh, some staff and payroll but doesn't really do much. Um, given well, we've given seen what that. Trump and Mulvaney has already put a given what Trump on and rules Mul- and hiring and that that over. in itself, there's nothing wrong with that in itself. When you say, uh, you know, we're under new management and we're going to look at what's going on in this agency, we don't really know that much about internally. There's nothing wrong with that inherently. 
But I mean, look, when Trump said this, we should get rid of this agency, Mulvaney, who's now in charge of it, says we should get rid of this agency. I mean, what do you think they're going to do now that they're in charge of it? <laughs> they're going to gut it. And and who loses here? Does the consumer I think lose? The, I think who loses are uh, the financially vulnerable people this agency has legitimately protected. Mm-hmm. I think that is likely to happen. Uh, so you can say, you know, sort of the sort of the counter argument against that is, up. Uh, look, we have all these other agencies that are already that already. There's so much overlap here that we can. We have other agencies we can rely on here. We have the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, the OCC, that's mm-hmm. supposed to regulate some of this. The F, all these other agencies. And Elizabeth Warren actually is right that if that was their job to protect consumers uh, in the run up to what ha- you know the establishment of this CFPB in 2010, they failed miserably uh, because there were there were so many problems in the financial system leading up to the crash and everything that we, we know about now, uh, that she was right about the need for some kind of agency that did this in particular. I just think they went too far in terms of how they set it up. It's certainly something to think about also. If you have a dormant government agency, um, which other agencies would pick up the slack uh, for something like student loan servicing issues? You know, That might fall into the Department of Education. Is anybody really feeling good uh, no. about about that with no. you know Betsy DeVos um, and I mean you can also say uh, here's what happens with with dormant agencies the OCC was a totally dormant agency leading up to the financial crash and one of the contributors this was certainly not the direct cause but one of the contributors of the financial crash was that regulators such as the OCC that which should have seen the abuses that were taking place and done something about them I don't either they didn't see them or they didn't do anything about them or both uh, and we had horrible regula- regulation leading up to the, uh, the crash, and it's because these agencies just stunk. But so I think I think plausibly we are going to go back to that for a while. And these things kind of yo-yo, and it's actually I mean the OCC became uh, a very aggressive organization after the financial crisis. Sure, and after it was a real after, complete failure, yeah, it was. But you know, since then uh, I, I just read an article that said the OCC has been reverting to its original state. Um, so <laughs> take nice? you know take reverting to historical norms. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> inac- the historical take, norms of inaction. Yes, take that to the bank. Right <laughs> but Literally. if Republicans in Congress really wanted to abolish the agency or limit its powers, couldn't they pass a law? And they haven't yet. Yes. They could. Uh, um, and they, I guess the, the political calculation here is, do you really want to uh, go to all the trouble to pass a law uh, killing something that is called the Consumer Financial Protection exactly. Bureau? Or do you just want to gut it and uh, just let it exist on paper and do nothing? You know, some are saying that Senator Warren has other aspirations, that she may be looking to have a presidential run of her own, and that this is a mantle that she's going to want to have play out in the light of day and to get more voters on her side. What do you think about that? Uh, she's a she's a uh, left-wing populist. I mean, she's sort of somewhere between Chuck Schumer and Bernie Sanders on the left. Uh, she does have the ability to rally people to this to causes like this because she does speak on behalf of ordinary people. And to some extent, you know, unlike Trump, I would say, whose populist message was general and vague, um, Elizabeth Warren, she, she's been immersed in the details of this, and she knows she knows a lot about specific ways to help people. So um, if she runs for president, that will, that will certainly be part of her rally. I can already cry. hear the debates. I, I don't th- I think she lacks the charisma to be a compelling candidate at the presidential level. Um, and she also is not young. She will be, she, I think she's in her late 60s right now. So she will be 70 or older by the time of the presidential elections in 2020. Didn't stop Hillary Clinton. 
Uh, and look what, how it went for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Duly noted. All right, so if you guys were to bet on this, Ethan, does the CFPB remain throughout the Trump administration? We know it's going to change, but does it remain? Does it survive? Um, I think that probably inertia will win uh, over anything else uh, and that a Trump appointee will be leading the agency for the next five years. Um, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise that you hear from uh, trade organizations in the financial services industry pushing for a commission structure. It's possible they'll get their act together to make that happen, uh, the Republicans in Congress, but um, it's hard to think that a whole lot of legislation like that is going to go forward. I, that's, I think that's way too complicated for Congress. Uh, <laughs> yeah. honest, honestly, yep. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to pass tax cuts and go b back to bed for the next three years. Yep. Um, I, my bet is that the CFPB survives as a shell organization. It doesn't do much. Uh, and one thing that it would mean is that the structure, I think, will remain in place uh, if a Democrat wins in 2012, 2020, or even a Republican who wants to revive um, a shelled out uh, CFPB and give it some more teeth. Um, so I think it'll be there in 2020 for whoever the next president is, if it's not Donald Trump, to do uh, something different with it. All right. Rick Newman, Ethan Wolfman, thanks so much for being with us thanks, today. Alexis. Thanks, And thank you for listening to the Yahoo Finance podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.